0: You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Creeps, and welcome to a brand new Epic Film Guys Fresh Fright Review. This week we're going to be talking about the brand new horror film Insidious The Red Door, the fifth installment in the Insidious franchise, that franchise that James Wan created and kicked off himself many years ago. I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy.
0: I'm B-Ratty, and before we get into the episode, I'm going to start us off with a nice little synopsis, because that's my job, and I come prepared to all of these, as everyone knows. Uh, So yeah, as Justin said, fifth uh, entry in a franchise, and uh, the Lambert family returns for the final chapter. Nearly a decade after the events of Insidious 2, Josh and Dalton Lambert attempt to repair their broken father-son relationship, as Dalton begins his freshman year of college. But the college dream soon turns to a hellish nightmare, as the blurry memories... Of his start to regain their demonic shape and come back with a vengeance, and now Josh and Dalton must journey deeper and the further than before and confront their pasts before it's too late. Before uh, it's how's too sound? late. Does that sound? Sound, sound about good. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. It, it took me a long time. Uh, but before we get into movie characters review, all that, Jeremy, I uh, think you met someone over the weekend, right? I did. Uh,
2: Something happened. Someone right? that I was. I. I've wanted to meet for a long time and it finally happened. And it was, it was really awesome. And it, it was one of those scenarios that like, I couldn't have asked for it to go any better. I met the star and the director of insidious, the red door, Mr. Patrick Wilson.
0: Hmm. So,
2: uh, so fun fact, Patrick lives in Montclair, New Jersey. And so I was going to be in, in New Jersey anyways at, a. Uh, An event called Contropolis because I wanted to meet uh, the Blue Power Ranger because I'm a fucking nerd and you guys know that and you love that shit. Uh, And I wanted to meet Denise Crosby because she was in a really obscure uh, Charles Band movie called The Eliminators. But you guys, of course, know her um, from Pet Cemetery. Um, And, you know, Brady loves Pet Cemetery. So it was cool meeting Denise. It was cool meeting Denise Crosby and stuff like that. But one of my good friends, Jeremiah hits me up and says, hey, man, aren't you going to be at Contropolis? And I was like, yeah. He was like, do you want to meet Patrick Wilson? Because he's going to be like 20 minutes away from there doing a post-screening Q&A at like an art house theater that's showing Insidious. So I'm like, of fucking course. I want to meet Patrick Wilson, and I'm definitely driving that 20 minutes, and let's go. It's go time. So, dude, this movie theater... Is not what you think of when you think of a, a, a movie theater. It's kind of like the the spot in D.C. that we went to, Justin, uh, for Indiana Jones. It's kind of like that. It's small. Like East yeah, Street? Yeah, okay. it's kind of very – it was very small. Um, You walk in the doors, and immediately, like, there's, like, just, like, very little room. It's like you walk in. Okay, there's a guy that you show your ticket to, and then there's, like, small concession stand, and there's, like, a little lounge. It's, but everything's very tiny, very small. So, my buddy Chris went with me, and his daughter Hadley, she's 12 years old, went with us. So, I bought three tickets to the movie, because I wanted to watch the fucking movie. And we all, you know, traveled together. Hadley was like, it ain't happening. I'm 12, and uh, that movie just scares the shit out of me. I'm scared! Yeah, so she was like, it's not...
0: Said, go wait in the yeah. car.
2: She was like, I can't. So, I'm like, alright, well, I'm not gonna be a dick and be like, alright, well, even though we all rode up here together have fun, I'm going to watch the movie, so I was like, alright, that's cool, so, you know, we took our time getting lunch and shit like that, then we went to the theater, the movie had probably been playing for about 45 minutes, and I walk in, like, hey, uh, and, like, dude, the staff there did not give a fuck, like, they all seemed like they were there just for a paycheck, and, like, none of them, like, had any enthusiasm or, like, customer service savvy whatsoever, like, I walked in, I was like, hey, is Patrick Wilson here yet, and they're, (laughs) <laughs> he's, not, he's not he's not here yet and I'm like that's cool like are you guys pumped and they're like yeah I guess it's it's cool I guess like everybody just like there was like no energy I'm like alright like cool whatever so they had this cool little lounge area that were perfect they had these little tables in there and I was like dude this is great for fucking putting posters and shit on so w- <laughs> Jeremy's like just
0: dragging it across yeah. the floor it's, it's like, like screeching <laughs> I'm like... Every every five seconds, he's like, is Patrick Wilson yeah.
2: here? Hey, Sorry, guys, I just got to move a couple things around, get ready for the private signing with Patrick <laughs> Wilson. They're like, what private signing? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a private signing happening. So, I just let you... <laughs> so, uh, fucking, uh... So, we're sitting there, and, like, no bullshit, we had only been there for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I'm, like, sitting down in this chair, and no bullshit, there was nobody in the lobby of this movie theater at all cuz it's an art house theater. So it's not like your your big theaters where there's tons of foot tra- traffic coming and going like nothing is going on. It's like literally dead quiet. The employees are all playing on their phones like nobody gives a shit. And I heard I heard I heard the front door open and close and I looked at my buddy Chris and I went, "Yeah, that's that's Patrick Wilson." And I turned my head, and no more that I turned my head was, like, he literally standing right next to me. Um, and I said, uh, I said, hey, Mr. Wilson, how are you? I'm, I'm such a tremendous fan, and reached my hand out, and he was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And shook my hand, and I was like, dude, can, can I grab a picture with you? And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we got a picture, and then Chris got a picture, and he was like, and then he was a little confused. He was like, are you guys here to see the movie? Because, like, isn't the movie playing? And I was like, and I pointed, I pointed at Hadley, and I was like, yeah. Um. So we drove from Washington D.C. because we're we're huge fans, but uh, she she couldn't go through with watching the movie. And he was like, how old are you? She was like, I'm 12. And he's like, mm, I feel like you would have been all right with this one. And she was like, mm, no, that's a big no for me. She was funny with him. She was like, that's a big that's a big no for me. Yeah, no way. I saw the trailer, terrifying. He was like, all right. And I was like, hey, you know, would, would you mind? signing some stuff and he was like, Yeah, sure. And I think he thought I was gonna like pull out like one thing and then it would be over. Not James. Nope, nope. No. I Dude, I have I have this full size the Conjuring original poster that I had Bonnie Aaron's the nun sign. And so I pull that out, he signs it. Um I have a uh, eleven by seventeen conjuring poster that James Wan signed. He signed that and then he was like cool and I was like, oh no. Uh I've got uh this uh, Insidious part 1 11 by 17 he's like oh okay and then like he like kind of went to hand the pin back and I was like oh no I've also got uh, this 18 by 24 uh, Insidious poster and he, like I think that at this point he was like is this a private signing <laughs> like what like you know so uh when did when, Jesus did, you pull out, when did you pull out the phantom of the opera yeah, he poster?
0: Was like, no! so uh <laughs> He's got a set of pipes on Dude, him, he, So anyway,
2: so, like, he actually he looked at the uh, the 18x24 Insidious poster because uh, it's, like, a, an alternative movie print. It's not the traditional movie poster. And he was like, wow, I've never seen this one. This one's really cool. Like, he, he took a minute to kind of admire it, and I was like, yeah. And then he signed uh, an 11 by 17 that I printed out for Chris uh, from Insidious, and then uh, Chris had brought his Watchmen uh, Blu-ray. And he actually looked at it, and he goes how good is this movie? Like this one right here, man, like how good is this one? And you know, we both were like, yeah, it's like one of the most faithful comic book adaptations ever. It's just amazing. And he was like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> like, I like that. He was like, this is a fucking good one. So then he signed everything. He had taken pictures with us. And I was like, dude, thank you so much. You know? So, uh, you know, he went on his way and, um, I felt awful. Cause I was like, cool. Uh, you know, let's watch the Q and a, and my buddy Chris, God love him, but he, he drove, and he was like, yeah, dude, we got, like, a four-hour ride home. He was like, mm. I think we should just go. And I'm like, well, I got my picture. I got my autographs. So I got to meet him, and he was amazing, so that's cool. But I hadn't seen the movie yet, so, like, I also, like, was afraid to kind of stick around. I was conflicted about sticking around and checking out the Q&A. Uh, but, dude fucking amazing guy man this patrick wilson guy you guys you guys gotta you gotta meet him if you get a chance fucking amazing
0: yeah every interview i've seen with him he sounds like he's a really just down-to-earth guy very easy to talk to Dude, yeah
2: very approachable like i said he lives in jersey i think he owns like uh like a bookstore or something as well in new jersey Hmm. um and like i've only ever heard amazing things about him like anybody that's ever been like oh shit i ran into him or i've xyz it's always been like he's so fucking cool and i can attest to that because there was nobody around right so he could have totally been like nah i'm not into that
0: yeah i'm not into that so yeah hey well congrats man that's fucking awesome yeah you posted the picture i was like that motherfucker dude it was he got raul (laughs) de (laughs) cheney (laughs) from he had a he had a thick head of hair in that movie but I digress. Thick. Yeah, I think it's really cool that like he's like such a horror, um, like stalwart now. You know, like he's like he's the guy in everything lately. Yeah, he's like the modern guy, and I think yeah, it's really yeah, cool that he's yeah. finally directing. Like this was his 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 breakthrough in directing.
1: I mean, the whole um, reason that they had Ghost do the song for the soundtrack is that he's like a massive horror fan, and he loves Dream Warriors. And he was like, you know, the whole idea to have like a modern metal group do like this badass fucking version of a song for the movie which is ultimately unheard of these days not yeah. not going to say what i think about the ghost song Woo. or whatever um it cool. played at the end we of the done movie. Cool. but you know
2: <laughs> no it's pretty i awesome, man
1: i mean i think this is this is a great opportunity for him and 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 bless him for getting his opportunity to finally direct a movie yeah.
0: Yeah, and for his directorial debut, I mean, it's not too bad for a fifth installment in a franchise that you have the highest grossing box office weekend in that franchise at $67 million or so.
1: $68.2 million as of right now Yeah, on yeah. a $16 million budget, and it knocked Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny out of the number one slot in its second weekend, which yeah. is unheard of. I mean, I would have thought it was unheard of. It's
2: but it's so, it. It happened. Yeah. Justin, it happened. We, we talked about this a little bit, um, about, you know, The Flash, you know, not performing well, Indiana Jones not performing well, and how there was a point in time, you know, within the past couple of years where nostalgia-fueled movies were really, really making shit tons of money at the box office. Like, do you think, do you guys think that it's a situation now where people are over the nostalgia blasts. Because, you know, even in television, we were getting revival after revival after revival of old TV shows that had long been over with that they were like, fuck it, we're bringing it back. And then the same thing was happening in the movies. Like, we were getting so many film revivals and direct sequels to movies. And, you know, even Halloween 2018 was a years later later sequel to the original Halloween. Um, But now it seems like they're stalling out at the box office. Do you think people are getting tired of these nostalgia blasts and that it's finally at a point where it's like give me something new
0: no i don't think I, and i think this movie on a lesser scale um shows that nostalgia's not not gone and it still brings people to the box office like i mean this insidious franchise is only 13 years old but like We'll get into it in the review. This movie seems like it was just like a huge dose of nostalgia, yeah. for only being a thirteen-year-old franchise, yeah. and I think a lo- that's why it resonates with the people who do enjoy it. Because you have characters that you're like, wow, like I feel like I've yeah. grown up with these characters. I, well, I think I think um, this movie I, is succeeding because horror
2: is really succeeding right now.
1: It's been yeah. succeeding. I mean, we've been talking about this consistently over the last few years. Uh, last year even more so than this year so far but even so this year has been very financially uh, successful in the horror genre Uh, so i think it's just a matter of the genre kicking everyone's fucking ass and rightly so Um, regardless of what you think about the movie itself but as you know horror aficionados I, i i have to say it's it's amazing it feels great to see i mean even if i don't love or like the movie the boogeyman i thought that was a giant massive piece of shit and i, I really hated it but it did well i mean it did it did a modest box office run for what it was and it, it, i still champion seeing them winning uh, to answer your question not to get you know too in depth sure. on that subject jeremy we could do a whole episode on it. i think it really is case sp- specific but i do agree that there is um, i hate to use that word fatigue but because it's being overused everywhere right now, but I think people just want to see what they want to see, and there's so many different options. They're just picking and choosing as they see fit, and with streaming options being so readily available, a lot of people are just, hey, I'll see that in a month and a half. Like, for example, The Flash is going to land on streaming the end of this month as of this recording. You know, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will be on Disney+, Plus, likely within the next month or so so people are like fuck it i'll just i'll go see this one because i'll be able to catch that one on streaming and they're just picking and choosing you know based on their preferences you know so it's it's a crowded market i mean but again horror has shown that it's going to stab through all the bullshit and and make its way but uh getting into initial thoughts here uh, brady you're leading the way on this thing and i feel like you're the one correct me if i'm wrong that has been uh Recently, you've had more exposure to this franchise mm-hmm. than, than I have, for sure. Jeremy, I don't know when the last time is that you watched the other films at all.
2: Dude, I uh actually, that hurt me a little bit, man, because I have never had a repeat viewing of any of these films. I've seen every single one of them, but only one time, and right when they came out, right. I have not revisited these movies. And the fact that this movie really relied on strong callbacks and like well this happened in the first film or the second film like I wasn't lost in it cuz I've seen those movies but like it I feel like it didn't hit me the same as if I would have just watched rewatched them
1: gone through yeah, yeah. and so
2: like there were points in the movie where I'm like I don't fucking remember this shit at all
1: well, well, well luckily luckily I think the way that Patrick Wilson conveys what you're seeing on screen it's pretty straightforward For sure. Um, so you can really connect with it either way. But Brady, have you yep. watched the other sequels recently? I, I definitely have not.
0: Uh, I watched the other movies within the past year and a half to two years. Okay, so okay. fairly recently. And I've I've rewatched the original a handful of times in that.
1: I mean, the original's two. the only one of them that I've watched more than once. I own the first and second one. I don't own any of the other ones. But I think the first one is by far. It's definitely one of the most iconic horror classics I mean, of the last when, twenty years. When, you, sure. were, when sure. you were when you
2: were. Announcing what we were doing and, and talking about the first uh, insidious movie, Justin, you, you said James Wan brought this thing into life. Well, Lee Winnell did as well. They were a one-two punch on the first. Uh, That's true. Insidious That's movie. true. Just like they were with yeah, Saw. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I had to throw Lee some love because, like I said, you know, uh, James Wan directed them, but Lee Lee Winell wrote them. So
1: I mean, Lee Winnell, I mean, I I need to see what the fuck he's going to do next because I'm still pissed that we're not getting his wolfman movie with fucking Ryan Gosling that's what i was looking oh, forward to oh that's not happening i mean no it's no. not happening oh, no nope, nope. he bitch. dropped out of the project and i think that gosling just you know got cold feet after he left and, and that was hot on the heels of you know the invisible man remake which i literally is still one of my favorite horror movies in the oh, last yeah. 5 yeah. years or so that was within the last 5 years yeah. right yeah, yeah it we, right, we saw we that saw together it, we saw theaters it right before covid yeah, it was so like the week before i was just trying to remember cuz my memory is shit these days but yeah i mean Winnell's a, a brilliant fucking creative man and in terms of directing and writing and just everything all around, so yes. Well,
0: he's got some writing credit on this movie. I mean, he's teamed up with Scott Teams, who we all know and love from his incredible work on Halloween Kills.
1: Oh god, uh, don't even get me fucking started I mean, I on that. I only bring it up because oh, it's god. relevant
0: to the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, Please forgive me. Yeah, they
1: they uh, Blumhouse will will get into that Blumhouse should probably <laughs> after Firestarter, Halloween kills. I mean, I know, in I know. this movie. Halloween fucking you ends. probably shouldn't hire him again. Yeah, oh yeah. god.
0: But my initial thoughts for this specific movie, uh, you know, I was I went into it with pretty positive expectations, you know? I I think one, like you said, Justin, it is an iconic horror film of the last, you know, 13, 14 years. I think the second one is still a good movie, uh, but definitely not as good as the first one. And then three and four, when they tried to do like, you know, two back to back prequels, it just, it. I don't think they hold up. But when they said that this one was going to be a sequel to the second one, I said, okay, like, I can get on board with that. I love Patrick Wilson. I liked the idea of them doing um, what Patrick Wilson has gone on to say is like the boyhood of horror, which is, you know, calling out the. The movie Boyhood, I think from 2015, 2016, uh, where it films the same, you know, actors over a span of 10 years. So you actually see them growing up. Uh, So I really enjoyed that because I felt like you were going to have that connection to the characters. Um, And we'll get into it more. You know, the first Insidious is great, but it's not that original. You know, like I feel like it's basically like a modern version of Poltergeist. Um, And it works. I love it. But I don't I didn't go into this one thinking I need a masterpiece like it's gonna you know break down the horror tropes. I just wanted something that was scary and suspenseful.
2: Dude yeah that, that, I mean there's there's a lot of parallels from Poltergeist to Insidious for sure. I remember when it came out yeah. like that was like heavily discussed. like like well, this is kind of an unofficial sequel or a remake of, of Poltergeist in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Okay. True. However, I think tone comes into play when you're discussing the two films and poltergeist tonally couldn't be more different than story wise. Story
2: wise though. A lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of For sure. a lot of story sure. and, and beats in the film are reminiscent. I mean I, I
1: Jeremy, I could totally see them sitting down and saying, you know, sitting at a table and like, what if poltergeist was like like really fucking dark? Like yeah. I mean poltergeist is still terrifying. I mean, when I screened it last year at Alamo, people were still jumping and getting jolts and screaming and stuff. But the tone, I mean, it's lighthearted in a sense where the first insidious dude, I, I swear to God. And that's not one I'll readily admit. I didn't see it in theaters, but I rented it at Redbox Holy shit like a fucking Redbox at a drugstore. <laughs> and this is when me and Danielle didn't live together yet. We were together. But I was like, oh, fuck, dude, I'm going to close the curtain in my apartment. I'm going to turn off all the fucking lights and I'm going to soak this shit in. And I swear to God, I was fucking terrified. I was literally like looking around the apartment, like the entire time, like don't, don't pick up your phone. You can't do it. You're cheating. No light or anything. And the movie legitimately fucking scared me, man. I mean, it had been a long time leading up to that point until I felt that way. So, you know, I mean, I I hold that film in very high regard, but very true though. I mean, I think we've talked about this when we talked about the boogeyman Brady. I mean, like, you know, uh, there's, you can't talk about these kinds of movies without referring to the goat that sure. is Poltergeist. Really, I mean, it set the bar for this type of film.
0: Well, with that in mind, then, like, what did you like? What were your initial thoughts for this movie?
1: Uh well, for me, I mean, you know, unfortunately, living in the world that we live in, and you and you live and breathe movies, and, and you're in this community. Jeremy can attest to this as well. You see a lot of thoughts and feelings on movies. Before you see them, unless you get to see them early, like we typically do. So I'd already seen Rotten Tomatoes' score poked around, and uh, I've already seen people talking about it. But, you know, I'll I'll go out on a limb and say this. uh, I didn't mind the movie. Um, I had very little expectation for this, because I didn't really care for any of the sequels that I saw. I thought they were fine. Um, Nothing was fresh in my mind, but I said, hey, you know, Patrick is finally going to helm a movie of his own that's always interesting to me to see an actor turn director what their debut is going to be and so I paid attention to it in that way like the direction of the movie Um, overall I didn't hate this movie Uh, I see this movie getting a shitload of hate um, but this is not the boogeyman for me at the same time I didn't love it I didn't really like it I just thought it was what you would consider this is the definition of a mid movie this is just like Barely passable, but I enjoyed certain elements of it. I think some of it worked. A lot of it didn't. A lot of the character stuff, a lot of the acting for me uh, did not work. But overall, I, I sat there. Uh, it provided me with some sense of entertainment, and I understood what it was trying to do. But in terms of like the best of the best and the kind of horror output we've seen getting released over the last year and a half, I thought it was closer to a dud.
0: Mm, I gotcha. Jeremy, what about you? Good old jer Oh,
2: the Jer-Bear is here, buddy. Um, so... Come on, give it oh, to me. Oh, yeah, I'm home. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Snip, snip. Three bags of milk up in that. So, uh... Oh, God. So, uh... <laughs>
0: spit my seltzer out. Oh, my God. All right, so... 1% or 2%, dude. how
1: creamy is it going to be? Whole milk.
2: hurdled. Mm, hurdled. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Buttermilk.
0: Got some things that
2: have right been now. lodged up in there. Get'em on out now boy get them on out so uh so Jesus christ um so this movie man uh the first act I loved it man I loved it i uh, I was like okay cool like i'm I'm really digging the foundation that they're building here right the second act I fucking loved it I'm like I love the slow burn aspect I love that um the painting aspect uh, of it, that Dalton is, is, you know, he's feverishly, he's at college, you know, for art school, and he's like, f- he you has know, no memories of, of the past. I thought he'd be bigger. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, <laughs> he, he's got, he's got no. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had, I had to throw that
1: Road, Roadhouse reference in there, because every time they oh, say yeah, Dalton, yeah. I just kept, I was like, he had the hair yeah, and yeah. shit, I'm like,
2: I thought you'd be bigger. So, like, the fact that he was, like, feverishly <laughs> painting this thing from a memory that he doesn't remember that is real. And it it keeps building. Like what is this thing and what does it mean to him? And he's trying to like figure out the mystery. And then he's got he's got this this chick, uh her name is Chris in, in the film that, you know, she's obviously the comic relief. Um and some of the stuff Which she does a really good she job. She does at. a great job. Not everything lands. Uh, but I like that they made... Because that's art school, so you're going to have some weird-ass fucking kids, and I think weird Mm -hmm. is cool. I think if, you know, that's what makes people unique. I'm fucking weird, and I'm cool with that. So, like, I really like that they doubled down on that, that it was like she's this quirky, weird chick that is kind of trying to bring Dalton out of his shell. Um, I I loved both of these acts, man, to where, like, I I remember... Thinking as I was watching this movie, like, man, I'm going to walk out of this thing and fucking love it as long as they stick the landing. Um, And for me, man, um, this movie suffers from a lot of things, right? Uh, The movie's not scary, like, at all. Are there creepy yeah. moments? Absolutely. But in this film, you know, l- let's be honest. Jump scares are cheap carnival tricks, right? But I fucking dig a jump scare. I feel like there wasn't even really any jump scares in this. The movie wasn't scary. The only, like, creepy imagery that this movie was really providing was, like, it was kind of, like, the same trick several times throughout the movie. Like, you would have your central character in focus, and then in the background, blurried, we would see an entity walking towards the character that the character doesn't know that anything is approaching him. This film did that several times, and yes, that's creepy. That's creepy as fuck, but it's not scary, and that was one of my biggest complaints about this movie is that it just wasn't scary. And, you know, I think my favorite fucking demonic entity in this entire movie was the frat boy entity that he's, like, they had mentioned that there was a kid that died of alcohol poisoning the year before or whatever, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. His ghost haunts the frat house and he's like he's got all this vomit all over him and his skin's all flaking off and he's got the wide eyes. He was fucking terrifying, but even he wasn't a malevolent force. He just kept telling Dalton, "Close the door." But you knew he wasn't out to hurt Dalton. So that's not scary. This movie did not have a central villain. That's what fucking bothers me about this movie, man, is that yes, the red demon is the you would think is the yep, lipstick face demon. He's there. You would but, think yeah. that he was the main bad guy, and that like he'd be like the final boss in the last level of the game that you had to fucking defeat to win, right? Fuck no, they squandered the shit out of that. It'd be like going to see a oh, fucking it, it's like Halloween ends, goddamn it. You go to see a Michael Myers movie, and Michael Myers isn't in the goddamn movie. Like, that's what this Insidious movie was, is that the red lipstick demon, the red-faced demon, whatever, like, they put him in the trailer, and they they made you think, like, fuck, he's back, and, like, he's angry that this, this family has slipped away, and now he's got them back. And that should have been the finale of the movie. This movie had no central villain. There was no immediate threat that I felt while watching it, and I feel like they squandered the third act because... They didn't utilize the Red Faced Demon as the main bad guy. These movies all have a main bad guy, right? They've got they've got Valak, they've got the nun, right? And in in all of the Conjuring movies, there's a main bad guy. You know, in, in these Insidious movies, there's a main bad guy. And it's cool because there should be a ringleader that's kind of orchestrating these attacks on these people. And this one there wasn't. And it left me. So bummed out, man. I walked out of the theater, and my our, our friend John McCoy went with me, and like it was just me and John that went to see it last night.
1: Oh God, he dude, he watched The Conjuring three with me and saw how I reacted to that oh. shit. So did he? Did he witness yes. the oh, same I'm, thing I'm sh- with you? With dude, this,
2: <laughs> we we stood outside of the movie theater for like oh, twenty man. minutes, and I'm like, dude, this movie was almost great, but it's like they just didn't know what to do in that third act of the movie. And it c- I don't know
1: about almost great, Jeremy. I don't know. I think you're Dude, pushing I it. There really, a little. I really, I really
2: loved the first and second <laughs> act. I really did. I loved the buildup. I loved the setup. I loved the slow burn. And I was waiting. I like the character. Yeah, work. and I like. I like, well, I like let, the character let, work. But, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit, then,
0: because I think, Jeremy, I think that's what is what hit me the hardest was. Yeah, you're right. They had a central villain in all these movies, whether it was you know the lipstick face demon in the first one, or it was the um, what was it the the bride in the second one, who's the one following uh, Josh around? Right. But with this movie, you know, you those movies, you just had a family, and Dalton goes into his coma where he's on the astral plane. Uh, but this one, it's like they really try to focus on that relationship between Josh and Dalton, and that's what takes center stage. Not this family being haunted, but their relationship, and that's definitely you know an artistic choice. I know we've talked about it multiple times on this, this podcast over the past year, but like, you know, grief and trauma coming up in horror, and is that being overdone? And that we don't have to get into that here, but I do think that that made the movie suffer in terms of character work. Because I agree with you, the negative space where things are coming up behind Josh when he's sitting in the car, or where he's playing that like matching game on his window, and you can see the person moving closer and closer and closer, like all that stuff's really great. But to have the movie. Rest mainly on a character's shoulders in Dalton, who is this broody, depressed, sad—I hate to say—struggling say person. Not to cut you off, yeah, he's yeah.
1: not that likable of a character, and no. I understand that we have to, from the, the get-go, understand that. Yes, Jeremy, understand that. I tried. To, I tried to pull back on the sh there a little bit for you. You don't um, have to do that for us. We but, like it. No, I mean like. Right from the get go, he kind of seems like a bratty character. Like he's going off to college. Pissed at, well, he's pissed. It's at hard his, to relate.
2: Pissed at his dad. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's I an mean, artist. Who among us so, hasn't been pissed at our. Wh- what artist isn't I mean, depressed on some level? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what makes art right, great. I, well, I mean
1: that, that's kind of a very generic viewpoint on art. <laughs> so. I, it really is. It's it's. I know really I know really a lot really of really fucking artists, think. man. Look, Most of look, them
2: have tormented let's... things within their lives that they that they use as inspiration in their work, and, and I get that, because I mean, li- life I, is I, I, hard, bro.
1: I've lived in that entire world since I was 16. Uh, people I've dated, I mean, I've done graphic art my entire life. Not everyone's like that, and I think the I didn't say that everyone
2: like, was like that. We're gonna have, we're gonna,
1: you know, just the way that they portrayed hmm. the character, and it's not, it's not to really put down the actual performance that much, but at the same time, I really, you know, I hate to say it, I didn't find You know, Ty Simpkins' performance, who plays Dalton, to be all that, all that, I couldn't connect to it that well. And, you know, it's not that he was terrible in the movie, but to try to rest the entire movie, for the most part, because he's our central character. I mean, Josh is out of the picture for a lot of it. We pop in with him here and there. Um, I thought that was a poor choice, because it doesn't work. It really doesn't. I I think he tries his best. Um, But you really needed someone in there you could connect to even more. I think what Jeremy said uh, is correct. I I agree with this. The stuff with the painting was amazing. I loved the scene where on his first day uh, at his art class with this super hardcore fucking drill sergeant art teacher, you know, and he starts drawing this door. I got goosebumps during that scene. And I love how it drew you in as a viewer the same way it's drawing him in to try to figure out what this thing is after, you know years nine years or whatever of being convinced that this thing you know him having this issue this mental or excuse me physical issue didn't happen the way he remembers it and i really enjoyed that aspect i think it was just a mistake i mean you're you're giving the majority of the movie to this character and his friend chris winslow
0: i think chris played by was it sinclair daniels that's correct yeah uh did a great job and jeremy and i talked about it a little bit you know it not everything landed but i think it was the comedic relief that you needed in this movie because it's like it's so heavy every scene with dalton is he's so depressed and i think that also what you're talking about justin is like dalton and josh's characters are just caricatures of their trauma and their grief they're going through and they're very generic ones at that and so like jeremy was saying dalton's the broody artist Josh is the absent father who doesn't really understand, can't get that emotional connection because exactly. he's like, well, I'm
1: here a- now. Exactly. Adding a little nuance to these characters would have gone a long mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Develop them a little bit further. It wouldn't have taken that much. But again, I don't want to come off as that I'm shitting on Ty Simpkins. I think he's a young, up-and-coming actor. Strong choice. I just think you needed someone in that role, in that position that would have been able to show a little bit more than just what we got. And it's in the writing as well. And I think going back to what I said earlier, it would have helped to get someone else to pen this thing because it showed on paper, this is like a solid story, but in terms of a screenplay, it's yeah, weak. For sure. You know what I mean? And and what Jeremy said, I can't agree more with. You needed that one, at least one really good fucking scare that really got me. Every single one of them, and of course, all three of us are going to be able to see it a mile away. Mm-hmm. But at least try to surprise me. And, 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 you know, like, this could boil down to the fact that this is Patrick's first outing in terms of being a director, but he's been in all these movies. He's been on the set of all of them. He, he's a fucking legend in terms of being in, in horror movies. You get influenced when you're there. You're watching these movies. So I honestly, I hate to say this, I, I expected more from him. In terms of that the, element, the direction—it's all shit we've seen before.
2: The, the direction is is fine, but I also feel like because of the poor screenplay, um, and yes. choices in yeah. the screenplay, it just kind of made for you know, like the direction is fine because that's the that's what you're filming. That's that's what's on paper that's what you're filming. But right. Right, right. I would have liked to have seen much more intricate, uh scare sequences and sequences in the further that weren't so cut and dry plain and simple um but while we're talking about things that were horrible i i gotta say man i was like sometimes when you're a little kid in a movie it's like okay you did a good job because you're a little kid in a movie and you you said your lines you 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 hit your marks good for you great job little kid but then sometimes <laughs> I know where you're sometimes go. when you get I older know. and the, the the franchise people are like let's bring this person back so we have the same exact actor for the continuity sometimes it doesn't work because you're just not a very good actor as an adult and i hate to say that's a shitty thing but goddamn dude uh the the actor Andrew Astor that played Foster Lambert, the Ty Simpkins' uh younger brother in this movie, was so fucking bad, dude. Like bad like I, I, can't, bro, I can't disagree bro, with you, man. I, I, I made disagree. I made a no budget fucking awful movie and I can tell you that some of the acting that I directed in my piece of shit movie was like on pause. I've seen it. I've seen it. I own it. You're, it's sitting
1: behind me on my shelf. You're one of shelf. six people, people that DVD. have seen it.
2: I am I appreciate it. Uh, six. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. There's seven. Lots got of <laughs> people have seen that movie. So, stop, stop, stop being so modest this, over this, here. So this young man, because he's not a kid anymore, was just like, hey, what's is this what college is like? Because I don't know <laughs> if I want to go to college if this is what college is like. And it's like- <laughs>
1: Yo, Dalton, are you
2: there? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, hey, uh, I, I, is this? Do you, you remember something about a hammer in the basement? I think that you should talk to mom. Like, they're like, <laughs> dude, God, dude, I was watching the movie, and like, I rarely speak during a movie because I'm like, well, that's fucking rude. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we do not on the
1: show condone making fun of young children actors in movies, but when they grow up, fair game. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen, listen. Yeah. Th- this is even more fair game because when we reviewed the Boogeyman, I did the same thing and I caught some heat for that too. And that girl was way younger and yeah. that would be the Dude,
2: than this this, kid this kid's like fucking like 17, 18 years old or some shit probably. I don't know how old he is. Let me let me look. Hold on. I am going to look right now. Look it up. Let's hear it. Uh yeah. this Look is, it up. this.
1: is where we this is where we fact check and see how old people Come are. Come on, man. Like, they they like don't them. have
2: his birthday on IMDb. That's fucking bullshit. Um He's trying to hide it. He's probably 25. <laughs> so I was just about playing to say child that. roles yeah. for 15 so, years. <laughs> <So, dude. laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyway, so like I, I don't sp- like ever talk out loud during the movie. Very rarely ever. Uh, but I looked over at John McCoy and I was like, he is fucking terrible at acting. And John just silently Jeremy, laughed. That,
1: you know, I, I, dare, I dare say you're slightly lying there. I've been in a the theater next to yeah. you plenty of times. <laughs> you're not
2: loud about it.
1: You're not you de- loud about it. You'll never forget movies. what the fuck movie was it last year. I don't want
2: other thing- people to know I talk during movies, <laughs> <you> fucks. <laughs> and,
1: and 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 there was that security guard that kept looking at you, and you were like, dude, bro,
2: Thank you. staring. I was at me. so I forget what was It though. was uh, <laughs> it was something that was super, like, er, was it was it Creed three? I think it was Creed. Th- no. Was it? Are you sure?
1: No, it wasn't a Creed movie. Uh, all right, no, I don't. Dude, we didn't we didn't we didn't see Creed. All right, all right. It was at an IMAX we went to something. E- either way, it was it was like a year and a half ago dude, or something. Dude, that security guard was just what, whatever, staring whatever at listener
0: me. whatever listener can go back through the episodes and figure out what episode that story was on and can tell us what movie it was about gets free stickers courtesy of Justin. It's be ready. I'll remember it in 1 month and then I'll mention it on the free episode where there's no Dude, the way
1: that the way
2: know, that Ellie about? Sattler Looked at the fucking brachiosaurus in Jurassic Park the first time was how this fucking <laughs> security guard looked at me, for like like I must have been the most unbelievably unbe- attractive or ugly midget that this fucking woman has this woman security guard had ever seen.
1: That that reminds me, by the way, Jeremy, why did they not contact you? Why did not like, Warner Brothers didn't contact
2: you for the new Willy Wonka? It's absolutely movie. bullshit. They got fucking Hugh Grant. It's bullshit. Like. I, I was in the barn too and, and I my birthright was to play an Oopaloompa, motherfuckers. That's just, that was my birthright. <laughs> so I I, uh, well, I feel note. robbed and that movie looks like a piece <laughs> of shit too. But uh anyway, so let's, let's let's continue on.
0: As you
1: said on social, it looks fine.
0: Going I'll, into I'll the direction and the plot. Yeah, like piece I of shit. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I expected more out of Patrick Wilson, but I do agree with Jeremy. I think it's the writing and I'm just I have a vendetta against Scott Teams for his shit performance with the script for Halloween kills. And that's never gonna, I'm never gonna get over that. But I, I think, even though these characters were generic and their relationship was, if you had kept it between Josh and Dalton and what they had in their past and this, you know, how they got a whole year erased. And they're so foggy and they can't figure it out and they're lashing out at each other and everybody around them, the family's broken, that's cool. But then you bring in this weird story of like Josh's dad really didn't leave him. Like he was in a mental institution because he went into the further and he was like, this ends with me. And so like, am I right to believe that like his dad committed suicide so that his son didn't become an astral plane explorer? Is that what happened? Th- that, that
2: was a little muddied, but yeah, that, that was what I had assumed as well. That he, was trying, and he I, was trying to, I guess, close the door that he stayed in the further, I guess, to like prevent the demon from coming out to go after his family
0: any further, that he stayed behind in the further is kind of what I got. Yeah. And so that kind of felt cheap to me when like, um, Josh and Renee, played by Rose Byrne, are talking and he's like, Am I like you know passing on to my son what my father gave to me? And it's like, all right, dude, like we you didn't have to hit it that hard in the head. Like we get it. Like we didn't need this part. Like we already got that between your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I just I think the writing just really didn't help this movie, and that's unfortunate because like Justin said, it's a good mid level movie, and it could have been more on the side of a success than a dud if the writing had been on par. You know. Well, Well, I mean, that's that's my take.
1: Technically, it's still a success because it made. Well, yes. Which is great for horror, and
2: I'm very glad that it's performing.
1: Spoiler alert! I mean, we're very aware. Did you guys stay all the way till the end,
2: like post credits? No. No. Okay.
1: Neither of you did. There's a post-credit scene all the way at the end. What is it? Yeah, shows the door. Shows the door still trying to get open, which leads it open for another movie.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I I told you guys earlier. uh, Patrick Wilson said that he thinks Ty Simpkins can keep carrying this franchise. He was like, you know, we could do a boyhood thing where he goes through 10, 15, 20 more years as the same character. and But he said, you know, he thinks him and uh, Rose Burns characters, their door's closed. But I don't know. I You know, based on how we all feel about his performance in here, I, I'm not sure that I would want to see three or four more Insidious movies with Ty Simpkins. I, I like
2: Ty Simpkins, man. I didn't have a problem with his performance at all. I really, I really dug him in, in the role in the film, and I thought he carried it just
0: fine, um, you know. Each their own on that. Yeah. Justin, what did you think about the score in this one?
1: Extremely forgettable. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a single nope. fucking note from nothing, nope. man, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think that's really important because, as we discussed the last few years of horror movies that we've seen, the majority of them have brought something new and fresh to the table. And, you know, and I think back to Megan, for example, M. gan
2: <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> For, for that type of movie, it had a score that was extremely memorable. I mean, there's so many movies getting churned out, but uh, it's not that difficult. And this movie, I I swear to God, I can't remember a single scene, except for, you know, the opening credits where they're like, oh, we're going to play that insidious sound that you know from the other ones. Yeah. But, but otherwise, I was just sitting there <laughs> no, going I like, Thanks. none of this really does anything for me, you know, uh, emotionally. Um, you know, the interesting thing about seeing this movie yesterday... I didn't mention this yet, is living in Winchester, Virginia, uh, I only have a couple of options. And I went to my AMC because when I went to see the new Spider-Verse movie, movie, something fucked up on the projector and they gave us free passes to see another movie. So I was like, fuck it. I'll use the free pass to see this one since the wife doesn't want to see it. I shit you not, the lights inside the theater blinked like on and off for 15, 20 minutes into the movie and the two young girls behind me, they were like getting freaked the fuck out. They thought it was the movie. So I did what, you know, an adult should do. And I said to them, I'll go check it out. <laughs> and I went and told them and they fixed it. But it was it was, it was was pretty weird. It was like, I mean, like flashing like a strobe, dude. Like it was really going that heavy. And I was like, okay, this would have been cool for like two seconds, but uh, apparently it's just malfunctioning because that's Cause a piece AMC of shit theater. theater
2: dude, and they should just shut it I, down. I had now. an experience that, I, I also had to go to AMC, dude. My local Alamo was not showing this movie.
1: Don't blame me. I have nothing to. I do I
2: don't blame. <laughs> me. But uh, so I I had uh, I ha- unfortunately, had to rough it. Yeah. I had to rough it. I had to go to the fucking wasteland that is AMC theaters. <laughs> yeah, dude. So <laughs> oh,
0: that place is rough. so I, that place. I sucks. go there, man,
2: and I'm watching the fucking movie and there's subtitles, and I'm like, what the fuck. Oh, you saw a caption screening, Bro, didn't, didn't you? I didn't know that shit existed. I didn't know anything about it. All of a sudden, I'm like, that's... I'm like, it's like, all I think of is Patrick, or um, uh, Christian Bale, uh, when he had the meltdown on fucking the Terminator Salvation set, and he's like, it's fucking distracting! Like, that's <laughs> how I felt. I'm like, I'm trying to get into this horror film that, you know, is... Oh, good for good you. Good for you! A horror film. <laughs> Did you ever think you're walking behind the lights all true raloo? It's fucking distracting. So I'm watching this fucking movie, and it's like, dude, it's like musical notes. Eerie music playing. And then there's this so I'm like, they they fucked up. Like somebody upstairs in the projection room clicked a button for caption. So I go out there and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm so sorry. Um like there's subtitles on this movie, it's a horror film and it's super distracting. And they were like oh, that's a, uh, you're watching a caption, open caption screening. They're like, did you want to, like, change your, we're showing it at other times without it, and I'm like, nope, that's cool. I'll just, I like reading, so, you know, reading Rain- reading Rainbow, there it was. Are, are you
1: trying to tell me, Jeremy, you, you don't watch foreign films? With yeah, because language? I don't
2: fucking speak that language, so I have to read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeremy got so defensive on screen just yeah. now.
1: No, he didn't.
2: No, he
0: didn't. Yeah, he did you see that three takes he did right there? He was like getting ready. He was like charging like, up. Motherfucker, I don't
2: speak French or Italian, so yes, I read those. But if I'm watching an am- no, American I... movie, I don't need to like America. In English should be like fuck yeah. Yeah. The Music is playing. I'm like, yeah, no shit. I can fucking I, I can hear it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they include that in
0: screenings, but it is no. That's that's super going into it, not realizing it. Like that would be dude. That's super great for uh, for deaf people, and that's awesome that that's an option
2: and shit like that. I just didn't know that that was the screening that I picked, so I was so fucking confused.
1: You know what's interesting? Uh, Before we go any further, talking uh, about our two stories that we had here, I looked at the screening I was going to go to initially, which was going to be 8:40. It was one of those. It said caption screening, so I was like, fuck, I have to leave work right now and rush to the theater to catch it at 6. Luckily, it's an AMC, so you guys both know what that means. Exactly 25 minutes of trailers, so I'm like, I can show up late and it doesn't even fucking matter.
0: Yeah, I, uh... No, exactly.
2: You know, I'll definitely be more, uh, observant when it comes to to buying tickets if I gotta go. Cheer me. Fucking pay attention. What's wrong with you, man?
0: Before we get into final thoughts, I do want to ask you both, how did you feel about Lipstick Face Demon's uh, costume design, like makeup design? How did you feel about it this time around? Cheap. Yeah.
1: Did not look fully fleshed out to me. Uh, It looked like an afterthought. I don't know. It looked just like they threw it together in all of five minutes.
2: I liked his fucking pot belly more, uh, protruding in this one. Like, that was fucking, that was cool. Um, I, I don't know, I, I, I liked how his face was kind of fucked up, you know, looking and, like, charred looking and, like, flaky and stuff like that. I didn't necessarily have any problems with that. It didn't, I don't think it, spe- like, specifically looked as good as the other ones, but, I mean, sure. dude, I grew up with the Nightmare and Elm Street movies where the makeup was different in every fucking single movie. So I kind of like stuff like that. I'm like, all right, yeah, there's a difference, but this is another film. This is a different. Yeah. And every every special effects artist wants to put their own take on it to be like, that's mine. So it doesn't look like what another special effects guy did. So Everybody wants to change it up a little bit. So I kind of, I get it. I didn't hate it. It didn't bother me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like Justin, I felt like it was cheap. And I know that they didn't focus on that demon as much as, you know, the first one, but I can remember the first one was so terrifying for me, especially like the scene where tiptoeing through the tulips is playing. And yeah, he's like grinding his claws Damn. on the on the wheel. And then when Patrick Wilson looks back at that one point in the first one, and you just see the demon standing there with like and claws are in view and everything. And like you got that really like visceral, scary yeah. image of this demon, and you didn't get that at all in this movie. You get a pop-up where he's right there to get the jump scare or you get like his weird charcoal face that he's eating. I don't know. And I just, it just, it didn't, nothing about it was impactful. Nothing, like you said, about the demons were impactful in this movie. Again, it goes back to
2: this movie was not scary. It was creepy. There was creepy things that happened
0: in this movie but nothing made me go, fuck, that's scary. Well, Let's just dive right into it, then. I think I think we're there. Let's get it out. Let's do some final thoughts. Jeremy, You, I think you're fired up. I'm the Tulsa Crash king. Or treasure
1: it. King of Tulsa. <laughs> we can't we get through one fucking
2: episode. This biscuit is limp. <laughs> it's delicious. Jeremy, have you
1: been watching the family Stallones?
2: No, I haven't. Uh, dude, I don't even have time to watch the shit that I really want to watch, and I love Stallone, and I'd be down to watch it. I just haven't had the time yet. Mm. Uh, well, so that's that's Jeremy's I'm final the,
0: thoughts. That's Jeremy's know. final thoughts on. This I'm movie. the Tulsa he King. To watch
2: the family still the King owns. of Tulsa. Um, all right, so, dude, this hurts because it's such a fine line, right? Like Indiana Jones didn't blow me away, but I still treasured it because I had a great time with it, and I accepted it for what it is, and and I will watch it again and seek it out again, right? Um. This one, I'm like, I just don't see any point in my life where I'm going to be like, I need to watch that one again. Um, The first one, yeah. The second one, sure. The last key, sure. Uh, This one, I just, even though there's a, I love the first act and the second act, it just doesn't hit the marks for me for being a horror film. It doesn't have replayability for, for me and what I look for in horror films due to not sticking the landing man not having that strong finale and not being a scary horror film at all there's no tension in this movie i didn't feel any tension in this movie um i'm going to have to trash it because i just Ooh. i
1: oh i and
2: it hurts me because like i said there are a lot of things that i really really did enjoy in this movie but it just doesn't have any replayability and i left the theater bummed so, I can in good faith recommend it to other people. If I said, "Hey, I treasure it," that's telling people like I'm putting my seal of approval on it, man. You should fucking see this movie. You 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 if you're a fan, yeah, you should see it. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going out on my soapbox telling people they need to go see this one because it's not something I I treasure. So, there it is.
0: Hey, you got to you got to speak from the heart, you know? Justin Trashing it, you're treasuring it.
1: Lock and step with Jeremy there. Yeah, I'm definitely going to trash this one. Uh, you know, it's with doing the trash it or treasure it, as I've said a million times, it's, it's very difficult that fine line that we have to walk. And, you know, I- at this point, the movie was serviceable, it was mid at best. But much like Jeremy just said, would I revisit this? Would I buy it on Blu ray or 4K and rewatch it again? Or no. I, I never would, and uh, I think it was a solid directorial debut from Patrick Wilson. I think we'll see better from him as he grows as a filmmaker, and I think it was a valiant effort. Again, it's the fifth installment in a franchise, so this was the perfect opportunity for him to do this, and they knew it, and he took his shot, and it was a decent movie. Uh, not good, not great, not the worst thing I've ever seen, but just serviceable, and those kinds of movies for me, I'm not gonna tell people to go out and rush out and see I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm thankful that it's doing as well as it is, in terms of box office, because like we said earlier, we know what that means for the horror genre, but for me no, I'm trashing this
0: shit Ooh, we got two trashes Well, that brings it to me Uh and you know, I, I think the movie and its story of broken relationships loss, generational trauma they all benefit, like I said immensely from the fact that we already know this family and have insight into what they've been through who they are you know even with limited screen time of you know the two other children rose byrne uh, you still know the lamberts right and that's why i feel so attached to them and for a franchise that's only 13 years old still incredibly nostalgic the character work was fine uh the there were really no scares in this movie the suspense is what we'll call it in those moments, was again fine, but nothing we haven't seen before in this franchise that we haven't seen done better in this franchise. And although it's not known for its originality, I still needed more scare. I needed more putting me on the edge of my seat from an insidious movie. Uh, I didn't need a masterpiece, but I needed something more, and that's how I kept feeling through every point of this movie. Uh, and for that reason, I have to trash it too.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. You gotta be fucking kidding me! The guy that walks into movies and says, "I didn't need a masterpiece. I didn't need to be blown away. I just wanted to fill in the blank." You're actually gonna trash something?
0: Oh, I wow. It, it pains me, you know. But I, I, just have to do what's right by the fans, and I have to do what's right by you two. Um, and it I shouldn't hurt you, Brady. For it
1: shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt you to be honest.
0: No, it be doesn't. Yourself. No, it's just, I, I wanted this movie, <laughs> I <laughs> wanted the movie to be so much more than it was. And, like, we've talked about it on the show before, you know? The reason that we pick Treasure it, or Treasure It instead of a rating system is because it makes it harder. Like, you have to choose. And for movies like this, where it's like, okay, well, I, I could make points for both. Like, I just, Jeremy, you, you hit it right, too. Like, yeah, go see a horror movie. Like, support horror in theaters, but I can't advocate for people to, like, keep going to see this movie specifically. Yeah. Like go out of your way to see this like it's a masterpiece now
1: and, so. and we continue to advocate for every single horror movie that we get our hands on that is available to us that we get to see and when we do that we talk about it on the show so uh, there's going to be more indie stuff like talk to me you know jeremy we want to talk about oh, that dude, we'll get I the opportunity to talk I about can't that movie wait to see
2: oh, that yeah. one dude
1: There's plenty of stuff coming out that we're super excited to talk about that we want to see. So just pay attention. I mean, we're always going to be talking about horror, regardless if we're opening up the gates for other genres now at this point in terms of epic film, guys. We're still going to be talking about horror, I would dare say, 80 percent of the time because it is our favorite genre. So, you know, just keep paying attention. But I mean, this one just a miss overall. Not a terrible movie. Again, Brady. I know you were upset when we reviewed the Boogeyman because of how Still badly upset. I shit on huh. that movie and I hated it. Um, but that movie offended me, um, and this oh, okay. movie didn't. So, I mean, <laughs> would, would it, if, if it's a terrible movie, I may be offended. Here, I was. Like you not, offended
0: that that poor child actor in that movie.
1: The child actor will never hear my review. Well, Listen, I sent the, shall,
0: I sent the episode sh- link to them, yeah. so they probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I sent her, a follow up message to send them as a well.
1: Cease and desist. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm probably gonna get sued for slander or something.
0: Jeremy uh, sent a closed close captioning just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case they Yeah, I
2: did that.
1: <laughs> he did that thing. Uh. Nope. But nope. ladies and gentlemen, uh thanks for listening to this fresh frights review from the Epic Film Guys on Insidious the Red Door. If this is your first time listening, if you're an ongoing listener that've been supporting us for a long time, thank you. Uh Go on over to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. If you hate what you're hearing, still leave us a review. I know Brady's gotten some hate oh, mail punk on the right ass iTunes. Bitch so it <laughs> or, or the love that Brady gets where people send us images of... Corey from halloween ends in sexy photos and they want him to cosplay them um we love hearing those as well by the way you're expected to do that so you better keep growing your hair until october do
0: you remember when like this time (laughs) last year the picture that was going to go out was me with no teeth and now i have to dress up like in a sexy michael myers
1: people want it we got to give the people what they want i mean that's what was specifically asked of you you're getting buff and shit you got to do it man people want to see it uh you know we got we got to appease the fans but yes uh, we're also all over the internet we're all over the interwebs i'm getting old with that term at epic film guys facebook twitter instagram now tiktok Also, uh, the other fucking thing, Threads were on there, too, now. Uh, The Instagram offshoot, which is trying to kill Twitter. I doubt it'll ever happen, but who knows? Zuckerberg and Musk are going to be doing a cage fight here, Uh, apparently. I saw Zuckerberg's picture earlier. He's training. He's he's
0: looking pretty good, too.
1: He looks good. So, I mean, we'll we'll see who wins that war. Um, But, yeah, that's happening. But thanks again for listening, guys. As again, uh, yes, I'm Justin. I'm Long Dong Schlong Brady.
0: I guess that makes me Jeremy? I'm Question mark? Closed captioning? <laughs>
1: you're the one that has whole milk pouring out of your Curdled. genitalia.
0: I I don't think I have that. Curdled milk. milk. I don't think I have that. That's <laughs> definitely... Let's, can I go back to B and be ready <laughs>
1: No. You're, I'm lactose intolerant. You're Come matured on. now. You're matured now. No more be ratty. No, no, no. But as always, we like to ask you to keep it... <sighs>